the light was fading, so he was in an area with some brown trees, and uh-huh. I lost him. I said, oh, man, did he duck back in? Well, about that time, he stepped away from the trees. I'm like, nope, there he is. <laughs> Were you scrambling? I was scrambling. <laughs> Were you excited? Oh, so, just a little bit. So, Were you breathing heavy? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing right now? <laughs> this segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number 239. You are Matt Drury. You are Tim Chelsvik, and we have a special guest in-house. We got Mr. Coondog. Steve Coondog Coon, longtime Drury Outdoors team member, renowned big buck killer, (laughs) a turkey fanatic. Some call him the madman's right-hand man, half of Team Mad Dog. If you want a better introduction, I don't know what the hell you want from me. Let's do this. I've also heard he's been known to kill margaritas. (laughs) That I am. (laughs) That's right. Of everything we just said, that was probably the truest part. (laughs) That's true. Well, we should say that we are powered by DeerCast. That's right. Per usual. And I know a lot of people are like, we're heading into late season and the pickings are getting a little slim. Mm. Some of the bucks are gone. Yeah. Some Some are broken. Some broken up <laughs> yeah and uh and and, I, and i've seen some people popping in on deercast on the fan share saying like i used deercast to time a front that was coming through and i got on my buck yeah i Makes saw us happy. i saw a guy on instagram had i follow the hashtag deercast on instagram yep. you follow hashtags and i saw one come up just this couple days ago two days ago the guy had killed a hell of a deer I sent you a message and Alan a message cool. and Scott a message like, hey, check this out. Because the guy's just like going on and on about it. So it's always neat to see that. And, and that, I mean, that's why we do all this stuff. Ultimately, at the end of the day is to see people be successful. Yeah. It's nice to get some feedback when that yeah. happens. So let's hop into some shout outs. We can talk about Coondog's kill and his season Hell, in general. Kills. Yeah, he's having, I told him the other day, we have a thing. We used to do this award show every year called the Shoot to Thrill Awards. And the big award of the night was called Producer of the Year. And we still do Producer of the Year. We yeah. still do that one award. We don't have the big award show like it used to be. But uh, the other day I texted Coondog and I said, <laughs> Producer of the Year, he's coming. <laughs> yeah, the old dog got off the porch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should welcome our newest Rack Pack members. And remember, one of these Rack Pack members is falsified. Okay. And just a heads up, if you don't know what the Rack Pack is, you go to Facebook, you type it in the search, 100% wild rack pack and that's our like private little group of shenanigans and cool kids basically mostly for this podcast so Kundog, are you on the rack pack no I'm not a cool kid exactly point case in point <laughs> <laughs> poor Kundog. stay Hops on that the porch show and- <laughs> well get with the times that's what I'm gonna tell yeah, you all right so we got Jason Buckman Janet Turdington <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep reading. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Keithley, Devin Cahoe, Alonzo Hornback, and Chris Johnson. I'm going with Janet Turdington. I think it's Chris Johnson. That's not a real name. <laughs> There's a, he always throws a fake name in here. Ah. Which one do you think it is? Who knows with him? <laughs> I'm going to go with the last name Turdington. <laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> I think that's Finnish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Dennis Nepp over on YouTube, he was watching the Safe Buck and Matt's Big Boy show, says, this is where commas really come into play. Commas are really important. They can change the entire meaning of a sentence. He says, pregnant with a 30-year mortgage, baby. Congratulations to you, Matt, on owning your own property by yourself. It's a big step. No, you messed that up. It's a mortgage baby. 
it's no comma supposed to be there. It's my, my more, it's a mortgage baby. Instead of having a baby, we had a mortgage baby. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's bizarre. <laughs> I think I get what he's saying. <laughs> Makes so, sense to me. So like a, a, a mortgage that is also a baby. Yeah. Hmm. It's costly. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So he's happy that you are now a big boy. All right. It's coon dog. Yes, too. Your season. Like, well, so maybe let's take a step back. If if folks are not familiar with the coon dog, when I'm I'm curious, when did you start appearing in Drury Outdoors media? Oh my goodness. Uh late nineties. Mm, let's see. Whenever Terry had impact videos, impact productions, yeah. Terry had that. That would have been mid nineties. Mid nineties. See, wow. so there was a period there where the guy started a second production company. So we had Jury Marketing, okay. and we had Impact Productions. And the reason for that at the time, the um, you know retailers would only buy so many of their VHS titles from one production company. So huh. they said, you know what? Let's just start a second production company. Hey. It was all the same people. Same content, same, but <laughs> well, just different. different content, okay. but same, same, production same cast. Yeah. So Coon Dog and, and Terry and I, I forget who all was kind of pri- primarily on the impact on the, production yeah, side. It's been a while. I can't even remember some of the names, but, mm. you know, that's like nowadays people don't realize like impact productions. You know, I go and some of the guys that are diehard fans, they remember. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going way back in time. So that, that'd be, I think, mid-90s, roughly. So roughly, yeah. We tried, Mark and I tried to figure it up the other day, and we couldn't come close. So it was <laughs> too many margaritas. That, that it's, been, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So, But we were friends before that. Two years, you know, I had to lease in Missouri. Terry and Stevie came up to turkey hunt with me and stuff. So for a couple of years, we were just friends, and uh-huh. Terry introduced me to Mark, and then it all just started rolling. Because you guys were, you had a lease there in North Missouri that that had a, uh, what was the name of that bunkhouse you guys called it? Oh, uh, Lawman's Hunting Club. Yeah, Lawman's mm-hmm. Hunting Club. And and so we went, you know, they were going there for turkey season. That, that was the big turkey camp. You guys would have riders in and all kinds yep. of stuff. And the first one or two dream seasons was held there. The first one for sure was held there. Uh, and then I think the second one we held over at um, right. Kevin Smalls, Kevin KT's Smalls. Trophy Hunts at the time. And they're in Bible Grove area, yeah. Memphis, somewhere in there. So that's been some years. Yeah. Gosh, when was the first year for dream season? First year dream season would have been 2004. 2004. And... Because that was the first year I had worked here. The first year we started television with Wildlife Obsession was 2003. So 04 yeah. was the first dream season. So 05 would have been that the one at, at KT. So 04 was the one we went over to your place. Yeah, and, and that's so funny. You know, you talk to the other team members, and you you know you laugh and joke, and they some of them don't even remember them old shows. I mean, that's how young the team is now. Yeah. Some of them are. You're like, you know, so you're like, oh yeah. This is definitely a young man's game nowadays. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, let's be honest. It's not a very financial. You're not going to make many financial gains doing it. And so, if you're doing it as long as you have, it's a passion. The reason is for the passion, the camaraderie of oh, yeah. the of the team, the food, it, food. It's not about. <laughs> Making, you know, making, it's not necessarily even about the ego side, which a lot of the, not saying the young 
crew on our our end is like this but you know a lot of people getting into it now it, there's a little ego about it it's like hey can I, i'm gonna be on tv or i'm gonna be an influencer on social media it really wasn't any of the thought no. process back then no. and if, if you're still around on our team and still doing it it's definitely not your process your thought process now you no. know my st- thought process now though it's the dod family yeah that's oh it always has been for yeah, you that's where it's at that's yeah. where it's gonna stay yeah so it's been a, a long, um, a long ride because hell, like you said, you were helping, you know, turkey titles back in the day, deer titles back in the day, and then dream season. And then all of a sudden you were on dream season. You were on land of the giants, you and uh, John Williams for team Missouri. Yep. And then uh, a couple of years after that, you would have been on with Joe Schultz. I forget what year, the first year you and Joe teamed up. Um, it would have been a year before dream season, I think. No, because you were with John Williams for a few years there and, oh, yeah. and you guys were on land of the giants. So that would have been like season four of dream oh, season. Five. And I'm thinking like season seven or eight, you guys started, yeah, we you, started you and rolling. Joe Schultz started rolling together. So anyways, long time ago, years go by. They do. <laughs> they do. History. Well, and, and, you know, in the last few years, it's been kind of slow. You've been helping, you know, you went through retirement, you're still working major hours on, a, on another new job. And then finding the time to get out there and hunt, it's been tough, hadn't it? Yeah. And then that one year, Mark needed help filming. So I went and joined the team and yeah. put hunting aside and just started picking up the camera. Yeah. Yeah. So always, dogs always there to help us and, and uh, always, you know, we know we can count on them no matter what it is. Yeah. Kind of a pillar in the DOD halls of history no doubt we've seen a lot of people come and go and uh dogs stayed here through it all <laughs> yep this dog ain't going nowhere so is hunting any different at, so you retired has it been two years now? three years three years i think three years wow yeah has hunting been any different for you in terms of like the time that you can afford for but i, I know you're 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 not completely retired no uh my first year that i did retire i went gung-ho and i hunted like several states and I mean, I just, I hunted everywhere I could. Tags, travel, motels, did it all. Didn't kill a deer that year. <laughs> <laughs> and spent a lot of that retirement money. Spent a lot of that money. And I was like, oh gosh. And then the next year rolled around. I think that's the year that Mark needed help. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it, it was. So then the following year, I was helping Mark again. And then he elected to let me shoot a deer, one of his deer. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. So that was pretty neat. And then... This year, Mark was like, hey, dog, you know, you need to step up and try to hunt a little more. So owner's request, I got off the porch and I hit it hard. It's weird. He's never said that to us. <laughs> I think he said the opposite. Like, guys, you need to stay in the studio, studio a little bit longer. <laughs> Work on that deer cast a little longer. <laughs> no, but, uh, man, you, you hit it hard this year and you have been rewarded. You got three kills on the ground so far. Yep. And uh, it's been a hell of a year. A couple really big deer, and I, I look forward to hearing a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I was, you know, gracious enough to hook up with a guy in Illinois and uh, went over there, sat his farm up, put into food plots, which mm-hmm. are fabulous biologic food plots, let me tell you. Hung stands, put up blinds, did the whole ball of wax. Yeah. And we had, I had one or two deer that was on the hit list and I got fortunate enough to kill the, my second target deer. So sweet. I was excited about that. Where at in Illinois? Uh, over in uh, New Athens, close okay. to New Athens. Okay. Yep. So 40, 50 minutes from the house. That's so that nice. even makes yeah. it better. Yeah. 
Just hop across 255 there. Yep. Yeah. Shoot on down there. So <clears throat> got that done and I was happy about that. And that was a hell of a deer. Yeah, I named him Booner, the Booner 10, because in all the trail cam picks, he looked like a Booner. Yeah. But once he was on the ground, he was like mm, 158, 159. Somebody right big there. item. Somebody big item. Somebody had a little <laughs> they, ground shrinkage. They, 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 hold on. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. they, always, they always look so good on camera, man. Yes. That's, that is something like, especially when you're looking at him in velvet and you start naming these deer. Oh, you're like, yeah. holy, holy shit, holy, he's huge. He's a giant. He's going to kill him. And, and that's still a one. giant. I mean, oh, yeah. Not, yeah, sure. yeah. You know, that's a hell of a deer. And I was, and I, you know, I shot him with a crossbow, you know, happy about that. The mission's yeah. crossbow found its mark. When everybody sees it, I guess they did see it on Deercast by now, I'm sure, where I kind of like uh, did a rookie mistake and grunted at him a little close and spooked him, but he was close. He was close. It worked out well, though. It worked out yeah. well. Yeah. So, I'm so that good. was number one. That was number one. Well, I? did you kill in, in Missouri first? No, Illinois first. Okay, okay. Illinois first. And then I traveled to Marks for gun season, and we had a heck of a deer season 21 up there. I mean, it was a blast. I mean, a lot of deer hit the ground. And had the day before, I missed this deer. No, what happened? Are you there? shocked that I missed? <laughs> Usually I miss. I bet Mark didn't give you any shit either. <laughs> That's a tough camp to be in if you miss. Gracious. Oh, yeah. So unfortunately, I missed. And you know how you feel when you miss. It's just the worst feeling ever. But it's a better feeling than hitting it and losing it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So it, I wasn't that upset because it was a clean miss. We went back and looked. But, uh, and then the next morning, hunted, didn't see him. That evening, Perry and I went to a spot. And we were deciding where to go. I go, it's hot. I go, let's go down to the bottom. We went down to the bottom and he stepped out. And I could have been more excited to see that deer step out. Mm. What gun were you using? I was using a 6.8 Western. Uh, hell, you were in the sweatshirt. Oh, well, you know, I, nice shirt. I didn't even know that. <clears throat> that's cool. That gun, that's what I killed my Missouri deer with. It packs a punch. It packs yeah. it. He dropped like a sack of potatoes. I mean. Sweet. Nice. Because the day before, two days before, Mark shot his with it and the way it dropped, you know, and he even offered, he goes, you want to take the gun? I was like, yeah, I'll take that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> and that deer dropped like a rock. Nice. He so, knew the gun was on, so he didn't yeah. want you to have any other excuses. <laughs> yeah, that's Mark. <laughs> Oh, so that was shoot. number two. That was number two. And then fortunately, I was invited to KNS Outfitters with uh, Caleb and Nicole Shanky there in uh, Madison, Kansas. Mm -hmm. Went out there. They had me a target buck located. Needless to say, the weather was terrible. Yeah. You know, you heard of dog days of summer. These were dog yeah. days of December. I Crazy. Mean, 60s, high 50s. It was just terrible. And uh, the first three days, I sat all day except for one. I got out for about two hours, but two of the days, I sat all day. Oh, boy. Those can be long days they when, were long when days. it's hot like that anyways. It was miserable. I mean, miserable. But I uh, spent three days doing that, and then no luck. So I went back to camp, was at the lodge talking to Caleb, and he's like, hey, I got a spot. There's a lot of deer. He goes, I haven't had a target deer show up on my cell camp, but there's a lot of deer in this spot. I'm like, well, heck, I'll go try it because it was a – Staying in Beanfield, basically, they couldn't get in there and cut it all because it was wet. Okay. So I was, I said, that, that's a no-brainer. Went in there, popped up the muddy, and uh, got set up that evening. Hunted the first night in there after setting it up. Needless to say, neighbors, which is their property, you know, no, no fault of theirs. I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting. Prime time's rolling up, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. 
talking, shouting, deer blowing. <laughs> oh, I'm like, it's... oh boy. So I only saw a couple of deer and they were way at the other end of the field. So, you know, no fault of the neighbors, you know, hey, yeah, yeah. good for them. Hope they killed something good, you know. So I went back to cabin, started talking to Caleb about what happened that day. And he goes, well, that's just crazy. He goes, my cell phone's just blowing up with deer over there. Hmm. Looked at there, deer, 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 just right there. I'm like, I'll go after back. Uh, that night after you had left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that night, after I left, they were <clears throat> showing back up. So maybe that, the commotion on the other property drove the deer in. That's what I. That's what we thought too. That had to had happened because mm-hmm. once all the noise and shooting, talking went on, the deer were like, "Whoa!" You know. <laughs> so the next night, headed back out to the blind. Neglected to go back in there in the morning. Didn't want to bump anything out of the field. So we went back in there that night. I was self-filming. Slid in there. Got ready. Deer cast. Poor. Mm. I'm like, oh. reason why? 72 degrees. Yeah. Pressure low. Yeah. Wind 22 mile an hour. Moon Ugh. suck. <laughs> it was just bad. Dark of the moon. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but you still got to you still gotta sit there. You still got to grind it because... You know, you can't pick the days you hunt. You can just hope that the day well, you pick is going to be a good one. When you're going to an outfitter, especially, and you got a limited amount of time, we get this question a lot. We just, I got it on our last podcast uh, that we uploaded in DeerCast. A guy asked, I saw that. He asked, and I, you had commented, and I, I did as well. It was well. a lady. Oh, that was? Okay, I wasn't paying close enough attention. But basically, she said, hey, I only got, you know, I got a little bit of time off. You know, if DeerCast isn't great, what should I do? And we both had the same opinion. Hey, you got to go if that's mm-hmm. your time off or you're at an outfit or you're out of state. Like, you got to go. Yeah. You're going to yeah. go. And, uh, and you know, I-, I was mentioning this to Scott the other day. I feel like. Scott Heminger. Scott! That's Scott. <laughs> yeah. And I-, I felt like this year with DeerCast has been tough because the temperatures have been mostly warm mm-hmm. all year. The moon has sucked all year and kind of how we, you know, Mark and Terry kind of built that algorithm off of your typical average years. It, everything's kind of gone against it because the moon's backwards and the temperatures are warm, unseasonably warm. And the deer are going to move at some point. They have to. They're still out there. Yeah. Now, is the majority of it happening tonight? Probably so. But can something be walking during the daylight absolutely so i you know it's one of those things like a guy asked me once he's like uh he emailed us and he said should i go if it says poor and i said hey if that's the only day you got to go go he goes so you're saying i don't need deer cast i'm like that, gotcha. that's yeah I got you. you know it's always a gotcha i'm like yeah, that's up to you there's so much information in there and there's so much to learn from it it's your call but you know if you only have a limited time i would say you're gonna go mm-hmm. now as i look at it and and we plan our hunts and you have you know, busy life and busy schedule and work and family obligations. I look at it and if it says great, I'm going to try to clear the calendar to hunt that day. If it says poor or bad, that goes into my decision of whether or not I'm going to waste or not waste my time. Or, Or it may not even be a waste of time. It's more of it's so hard to clear your schedule. You only get so many get out of jail free cards at home, like better use them wisely. Your and home's not a jail. So, yeah, well, <laughs> you've been there. <laughs> so that's my point. I didn't mean to derail the story there, but that's the reality of it, you know, and it's, it's not, you, you still have to, you know, if you can go, go. Yeah. As long as you're not messing up your access in, you got the good wind. Like as long as you're not blowing the deer out every time right. you go. Yeah. That's a factor. On a poor bet, I probably won't travel to one of my more distant 
properties because yeah. I don't want to burn that time on the road yeah. with very little chance of seeing something. Mm-hmm. There's lots of decisions within should I hunt that we hope people are thinking through. Yeah. So, so. so you, you, it was poor. You went out. Went out anyway. Yes. Yep. Definitely. And, you know, the wind was right. The only good thing about it, the wind was right for this spot. So. Did you have good access in? Yeah. It was a, it was a big bean field park, walked about 200 yards straight to the blind. Yeah. All the deer was in the creek, in the brush, away from the field. So got set in there at night again, hot, seen a deer come out early. And I thought, hey, wait a minute now, here's a deer out early. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm thinking, okay. Came out, wasn't there a couple minutes, turned around, went back in. Had a mom and a fawn come out a little bit later. They turned around, went back in. I'm like, okay, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> is it me? <laughs> is it me? I'm like, but anyway, then after they went in, you know, you're sitting there, Thinking, oh, game mind going, oh boy, here we go. It's hot. They're not moving, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and right off the bat, I said, Deer Castle was 100% right. Movement's going to be bad. And boy, it is. And I'm just sitting there enjoying the evening, basically waiting for the sun to down, go down so I could cool off a little bit. Sure. And about that time, I looked over to my left and I was like, oh my, shooter. Ooh. And then. Did you shit your pants? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's a giant. <laughs> and then it was like, Okay, I'm facing out the front. He's to my left. Of it's time to shift. Camera, tripod, Ugh. getting everything there. Glassed him one time. And then it, the light was fading, so he was in an area with some brown trees, and uh-huh. I lost him. I said, oh, man, did he duck back in? Well, about that time, he stepped away from the trees. I'm like, nope, there he is. <laughs> Were you scrambling? I was scrambling. <laughs> Were you excited? Oh, so, just a little bit. So, Were you breathing heavy? Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing right now? <laughs> He's got asthma, Tim. Okay. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> a lot of very specific questions. But, but in all honesty, I didn't get nervous until I picked the gun up. Yeah. Because huh. I, cause I kicked in the... Kill mode. You kick, kick that Indian <laughs> mindset yeah. into gear. But my first priority was get the footage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, and then I've, I've learned when you self-film to let the deer start on this side of yeah. it and just walk, then move the camera, let them, instead of trying to yeah. follow them, which is jerk, 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 jerk. Yeah. Just let them walk through. Yep. So that's what I did. I did it three times. And then when he got, I grabbed a gun and that's when I got nervous. <laughs> How far out was he? Uh, about 140, 150 yards. Shit. Close. And what were you shooting? Because that was Illinois' second shotgun season. You're going to have a muzzleloader. I was in Kansas. Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Sorry. Yeah, Kansas. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the Winchester XRP. XPR. XPR. Yeah, yeah the XPR 30 at 6. Nice. That's a good caliber. Yeah, it's a good gun. So yeah, flat shooting. I was happy with that. And dropped him like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And no track job? No track job. Fell in frame. Boom. All I That's saw was horn sticking up. What was your reaction? Oh, you got to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. He's so Coondog's in the studio today. He lives kind of locally to us and he's in the studio today to drop off the footage and work on his, his deer cast, uh, see the shot video and, and all that with, with the guys here at the studio. So I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited. There's two good ones. One's I'm doing the cotton out gel in the middle of the field. Whoa. <laughs> Carrie ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> Where did you come from? Where did you go, Coondog? I heard because, you know, you're self filming, you know, so yeah. I wanted to take a peek at him. <laughs> <laughs> So I of set course. the camera up, I walked out there, and I danced my way back. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, how's the kill shot itself? You know, self 20. 20 out of a 10. <laughs> Damn, oh, son. Wow. I got to see this. I'm proud of myself on this one. Sweet. My man, the dog. Yeah, I did good. It's a hell of a deer. 175 inches. 175.5. So, so they measured long. it three times, uh-huh. and two two of the guys came 
174, 175. One guy was high 178, and I thought, you know, if two guys were at 175, I'll go with theirs. I told them, I said, I want to use the 178. No kidding. Yeah, stop while you're ahead, man. I just wanted to be sure. No know. long arming on this one. <laughs> oh, no, there was no long arm. I didn't have to sit at the butt of the deer. Right. <laughs> there's a tiny little man back there. Arm all the way out there. Awesome. Well, that hunt will be in DeerCast by the time this episode launches. Sweet. So folks can go watch it. Yeah, it's awesome. Can't wait to see it. I, I can't wait to see the reaction because Coondog, that's kind of your calling card. And people, I remember an article a long time ago, probably early 2000s, I forget who put it out, but it, it caused a big stink and it was about act like you've been there before it was the uh, kind of the premise of it. And um, God, what was the guy that wrote that? I, I Jim Richmond. No, <laughs> I remember the name. But anyways, it was basically busting... The guys on TV, you know, TV at that point was kind of a new and fresh yeah. thing. And it was busting everybody's chops for having these over-the-top reactions. Well, some people, it's genuine. Coondog's one of those guys. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm cool with the genuine yeah. post-kill celebration. Yeah. When yeah. it's contrived and you can tell, it's it's icky feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I look forward Coondog's to seeing Coondog's a real it. deal. So, yeah, I enjoy it. I, it just works me up. <laughs> it does, man. Yeah. That's why you keep doing it, man. Let's see if I got the text because Mark and Terry and I at text back and forth, you know. And uh, let me let me find this because it, it's pretty funny what Terry's reaction to your. Well, first of all, he says uh, heap big engine on fire. <laughs> 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 and because Mark says dog killed a 175 today and Kansas says uh, kills great I go wow and dad says heat big engine on fire <laughs> and then Mark sent the picture the next day and dad goes one happy engine <laughs> oh that's awesome uh, so it's been yeah. uh, a, a long fun relationship oh yes it has and I mean I enjoyed this season I mean it felt good to get back in the saddle yeah, yeah. you know just to prove that I could still do it yeah not that I need to prove anything but i did it you know for the team mark sure. asked you know but other than that I, it just felt great to do it you know i the first farm i sat up the second one thanks to mark gracious enough let me kill a deer sure terry never invites me no more but <laughs> <laughs> he says that once you come you ain't gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> the sticky booger he still owes me a buck though because i killed two doles over in his illinois farm <laughs> I'm going to oh, let him know about yeah. that. I told him that. He said it's voided. <laughs> it's, it's voided. <laughs> Old farm. Old farm. <laughs> this so, deal is nullified. Well, let yeah. me tell you, he's let Yapper kill a lot of does, <laughs> and I don't remember him killing too many bucks. <laughs> but, you know, big shout out, though, to K&S Outfitters there in Madison, Kansas, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to harvest it to mature deer. Hey, that's, sure. that's awesome. Yeah, good good for you out. and them. and. Sounds like a hell of a shot and hell of a foot. That that is not easy to, as Tim knows very well, not easy to self film. And a big deer comes out, and a lot of them. One, you had no idea he was there, did you? Nope, no idea. That that's almost unheard of anymore. With all yeah, the cameras, but, trail uh -huh. cameras, almost right. unheard of. And Caleb runs a cell cam on that farm. Yeah, you know, and just which so, is always part of the fun. Yeah, like what just could happen? Exactly the potential that's out there. So, do you think? Does he think that? It was because of the commotion on the neighboring property. I mean, on the first day, yeah, that the deer didn't come out. No, oh. that that all those deer start started showing up that night, and then this new deer shows up that you never saw before. Right, for sure, he thinks a hundred percent that with all the movement that came after light was because of those yeah. guys over there hunting and hooping and hollering. Yeah, wow. Send him a Christmas card. Is that thank you? Thank and you he goes, much. "Well, this is the one they didn't shoot, though." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they killed. <laughs> yeah, but. uh just on the, you know, you, you know, we talk about deer cast and 
how it, you know, tells you poor, great, whatever. But every day when I was in camp, we had 14 original hunters showed up. Every morning they'd come to me. I said, hey, I want to start charging you guys a fee. <laughs> I go, you guys need to get the app, get it, you'll love it. And I showed the features about deer track, and I showed it all, and I think I, a bunch of guys got interested in it. But anyway, even though with the temps being the way they are, we had 14 original hunters, 13 guys killed. That's nice. Wow. 13 out of 14. You know, and having that rifle, it's game changer. It is game changer. I mean, gun season in any of these states, you know, it's like, man, it's warm, but – I got a gun in hand. That's kind of the mentality. It's like, yeah, it's the equalizer. You can, you can, you never know, <laughs> you know, like, why not? Let's just go. You never know what's going to happen. Right. Sure. Heck and, yeah. uh, I don't want to sound like an info commercial or anything like that, but on my first setup, I moved my blind because where I was at, I didn't like it. I saw a lot of heads of deer. I really couldn't see anything. So I moved yeah. my blind. Wind was kind of wrong with it. I live by nose jammer. I tell you what, there's some footage that I did film mm -hmm. using nose jammer. We'll make a believer out of you. The deer would literally come looking for me. And get within ten yards of the blind and look, 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 and just turn around and walk. Because you're in a ground blind there. I'm it's a, not a yeah. I'm yeah. Blind. My own. I sat it up that day and yeah, nose jammed it and yeah. It is pretty amazing. The other night, where were I? Forget where Scott and I were hunting in Marthasville or I think it was in Illinois, and uh, we 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 were kind of hunting an iffy wind and we were getting winded a little bit. And it's like, all right, let's put a little nose jammer out. We put a little nose jammer out. And then the rest of the evening, they were coming within five steps yeah. of us. I had some Instagram stories where they're like underneath us mm. and downwind. Yeah. And it's just like, like this stuff is pretty amazing. Yeah. It is Pro amazing. Pro tip, don't confuse the deodorant with the wax stick. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so just saying. Rash? Just, just telling people. Or the wipes. <laughs> not getting it off. <laughs> but I'm not sweating. I'll tell you that much. So, but hopefully I... I get to return the favor. I'm, uh, our number one deer show back up in Illinois. I'm going to try to get over there and film the landowner kill that. Awesome. Because I enjoy filming just as much as I do hunting. So hopefully mm. we can get that big boy down. Oh, well, good yeah. luck. Had a hell of a year. Are you going back to Marks at all for late season or filming uh, or anything? I ain't heard word normally, though, with those guys that got in the studio. They got plenty of camera guys. They got yeah. more mm -hmm. guys if they need it. So Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I bet. Did you make some margaritas in Kansas? Oh, two nights in a row. Do you bring uh, your blender with you? Everywhere. <laughs> Do you have it today? It's like my credit card. Do you have a name for it? <laughs> my baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's only nine o'clock here, but it's probably not. I don't care. <laughs> I got a long day ahead of me. What's the old saying? It's time to drink somewhere. Five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. No, we, as a non-drinker, <laughs> it's called five o'clock somewhere. Here at Mad Dog Camp, we have a new saying, though, when it's you know, if deer cast is kind of off a little bit or the weather's bad, we're going blind or blender. Blind or blender. Heck I'd yeah. say blender. You make yeah. the choice. Yeah, you can't I, I know your camp. That camp. It's <laughs> yeah. blender it's probably blender wins blender out time. most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Sweet. Well, Should next. we answer somebody's question of the day today? Why not? Okay. What were you going to say? You go. Well, I was going to tease the fact that we've got Yo Daddy on for next week's show. Mm. Old man winner himself. Big fancy. Big fancy, man. How Chief engine. Chief, Chief, <laughs> Chief white man. Yeah. Otherwise, I own all this land. I own all this land. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. Question of the day is probably brought to you by Tenzing. Go further, hunt longer, Tenzing. Hi, my name is Craig Ray. I'm from Piqua, Ohio. 
my question for the Drury team is, I have a nine point that's around my property, just 50 acres in Southern Ohio, all spring, all summer, into the fall, but come rut, he disappears, don't see anything, don't see him at all until a brown muzzleloader season, which is January. And uh, is that a dominance thing or there's plenty of does on my property. So I don't think it's a lack of does. So I was just wondering. Thanks a lot. Hmm. I, I mean, before you said that last part about the does, I was going to say it might be lack of does and he's just traveling to find, you know, to find one Second in heat. Second or third. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know, dog. What do you think on that one? Uh, is it the right doe though? Which, you yeah. Know, that's the big question. Is it the white? Because you know yourself when a when them big matures walk out, they look at a field and there's does everywhere, but he goes to that one certain one. Yeah. Hmm. Like he knows. Pretty amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, on, on that new lease we're on, we noticed we, we've had, you know, we've not had great luck as far as seeing them in daylight. They're pretty nocturnal. But in general, there's not a lot of does on it. We had a high buck density versus the doe, den, the, you know, the doe side of it. And so when the rut came, what I had feared came true, and they basically disappeared. I mean, we didn't mm -hmm. see much of anything on camera. And, uh, you know, then – Three miles north, you know, a, a neighboring farm got pictures of our real big deer that we were after. And, and I had feared he was going to get killed. And that he didn't end up getting killed during the gun season. He showed back up here a week or so ago. But, that you know, they're going to just their circle gets bigger and yeah. bigger and bigger. And that this deer, he's obviously the oldest, most mature buck in, on the farm. And his home core was so small. I mean, we just barely we were on the fringe of, I think, where his home turf was and then when he started looking for that first doe the circles that he was making on the property it just started going further in and further in and wider and yeah. it, it was just getting bigger and bigger and then he disappeared and it's like all right he didn't find what he was looking for and he mm -hmm. disappeared and he went somewhere where he did find it and like i said it was three miles north and i mean there's all kinds of studies that show they can go seven miles they can, oh, yeah. Yeah. They can really travel during that period so it's not I don't think it's irregular that that happens. Um, and, and to your point, it must just be the right. He just wasn't seeing the right doe. If I could just add to that, that target deer that they first set me up on was killed three and a half miles mm. Sunday or Monday. Really? From where yeah. I was originally sitting. Really? Yeah. So three and a half miles he was originally killed. Well, wow. we're about to hit that feedback stage here in the Midwest. Yeah. And one of the main factors of that is their home ranges are changing. They're shifting. And so, like, you, that may work in your favor. It may work against you. It just depends on if they're shifting off of you. Yeah. But again, like, one of, a great reason to watch the, the phase tactic breakdown videos in DeerCast because it breaks out, like, it tells you what you ought to expect and how to hunt those these times. Yeah, we've I've been looking very forward to this late season feedback pattern because, I mean, it, 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 November is probably not my – it's probably my least favorite month of – the core deer season because it's so random sure and you try to pattern them you think you got them figured out and then that's about the time they'll move and go do whatever and so we're getting to that part where they're going to go back to a home range whether it's on you or not on you is probably dependent on your food source you know we have two different fields where we got two two and a half acres of standing beans on this new property now on the old lease all we got are our biologic food plots and in the late season 
that, you know, all the crops are out and mm-hmm. it just isn't, we see the farm just completely, it's like a light switch. It, you know, it's, they're going somewhere else. Yeah. They're finding the food somewhere else a lot of times. So, um, I'd say for Craig, it just really depends on if he's got some good late season food sources for him. And especially Ohio, it gets really cold over there. And then usually they have all kinds of snow and, you know, I mean, I would think standing beans or standing corn or, you know, that's, that would be a, mm-hmm. a big key of, of getting on them. Right. Of course right. they can bait there too. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that, you know, if he, if he can afford to do it, you know, sure. Why not put some analogics out and see what, see what comes. Yeah. So Craig, give me a shout on Facebook and, uh, we will get you a deer cast ball cap for submitting that question. Thank you. And then the wildlife word is brought to you by the Stanley sportsman series of insulated mugs. Perfect gift for the outdoorsman in your life. Okay, so this is a weird one. But when scientists in the UK compared the crash resistance of deer antler to a deer femur, what did they find? A, an answer to a question no one asked. (laughs) B, that the antler was six times stronger than the femur. C, that the femur was six times stronger than the antler. Or D, that both were equally strong. We always let our guests go first, Coondog. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go to the last one, D. That they're equally equally strong. strong. That's probably the right answer. I'm going to go with C. The femur was six times stronger than the antler. So actually, the antler was six times stronger than the femur. Wow. And the engineering feat here that baffles scientists is that typically with – you get strength through flexibility. You know, like a tree, as it bends, it's, it's stronger. But somehow, deer antlers are very rigid. They're more rigid than a femur, but they are also stronger than the femur. So somehow, there's there's this. They were created in a way that these antlers can be rigid and inflexible, more inflexible than a femur, yet stronger. And think about the force. You know, on two. Bucks are really going at it. Yeah. Think of the force that's happening between, you know, to break off an antler. I got a, a mature buck on, on our piece that basically his whole left side's missing. And uh, he's, he's a big deer. And it's like, man, what? who what did that to him? There? Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture going around the internet right now of – two deer going at you just see like a, a dust storm oh, yeah. and there's one chunk of antler flying off yeah. like man just awesome the forces photo. involved there yeah. is, is incredible but they're just the more you learn about whitetail the more incredible they are like coon dog well see i should about that question i should have did my old technique and just went any meeny miny mo like i did in school <laughs> <laughs> it served you well how'd that do for you eh, well you know carried a d average <laughs> pretty good pretty good. sweet Didn't flunk <laughs> Well, episode 240 next week, Mr. Terry Drury. So people will definitely want to tune into that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. 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 We get a lot of feedback that say, we love it when Mark and Terry are on. <laughs> we feel less <laughs> like we're cheated. $200 is $200. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so true. Awesome. Well, good dog. Thanks for hopping on. Oh, man. I Great appreciate it. Congrats on a hell of a fun. season. Yeah, it's good. I'm blessed. That's all I can say. It's nice when it comes together, man. It makes you feel 10 yeah. feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does make it feel good. Heck yeah. All right. So. Well, you enjoy those margaritas in the late season. and oh, uh, yeah. Yep, thirsty Thursdays, Wednesdays, <laughs> Monday, all the days in the week. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. All right. Until next time, peace out. 
Temperatures are going to be dropping. Perfect conditions for the skinny field. i got to focus on those afternoon hunts. Northwest Tree Stand, 5 p.m. It's the easiest decision you'll make this season. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast. 